nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, the playoffs. 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 <laughs> I'm back away into that one, but uh, <laughs> uh, no. But welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm the host uh, uh, tonight here. Uh, joining me is Rafa. Robert is trying to uh, join us, but was having some issues. Uh, Royce is unfortunately out uh, picking up the car uh, for the misses, which of course that takes priority uh, for that here. Um, unfortunately, we were supposed to go last night, but uh, unfortunately, I had AJ ended up uh, getting sick, so we had to take him to the doctor. So that delayed us by 24 hours, but uh, the show must go on this week. So, um, initial thoughts, uh, Rafa, uh, can be anything. Uh, what's your initial thoughts uh, of the week? Well, greetings from from my hotel here in Ron Rock. <laughs> here for work. I'll be here till Thursday. Um, this week, uh, some mixed emotions. You know, not too happy about the performance of the game. And then, yes, we made the playoffs, but I kind of had that 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 Carl Ancelotti look when he when he's coaching. He's not too thrilled about. Yeah, we got him. Big deal. <laughs> So there's more bigger fish to fry when it comes to this season. So, but yeah, like I said, we're happy we made the playoffs, but I, I, I expect more. So you could be Phoenix Rising, and uh, that's true. That's most true. likely <laughs> sitting uh, with the loss in El Paso, most likely sitting out uh, at this point, even with the the changing coaches. Uh, so my initial thoughts on the week: uh, it was an interesting week, uh, you know, here in San Antonio, and, and you know, even just kind of. Talking about the Texas USL teams uh, for that here, where RGV had a big win, El Paso had a big win, and unfortunately we laid an egg. Uh, there, there's no other way to say it. You know, we just just didn't play well in 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 Indianapolis. Uh, other bright things: uh, UTSA football kicks off this week against a, a big match against um, University of Houston. At the Alamo Dome, if you don't have tickets, get tickets. They're they're hoping to get uh, you know thirty forty thousand out to out to the dome. Uh, rumors are tickets are starting to uh, be picked up pretty quickly to where they may even open up the upper deck, which would be awesome to see uh, for that here. And we're gonna get to our first topic here, but uh, Robert did end up joining us. Uh, he got the mouse trap working here today. Uh, Robert, how are you? Uh, your initial thoughts on the week, which can be any, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll join you in drinking a cerveza. You just muted yourself, Robert.
Can you hear us, Robert? Well, Robert's still trying to get things set out. So we'll go to the first topic here uh, for right here. And that is going to be uh, UTSA. Uh, so they earned their, and this is according to uh, GoUTSA.com, uh, they earned their first Power 5 win in program history uh, over K-State uh, you know, at Park West on uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, goals, uh, you know, was by uh, Sasha Dade in the seventh minute, which I do want to, if you go to UTSA Twitter, you can see this great goal here. Roadrunner on her first try. Here's her second try. And this one goes into the goal. A quarter goal. Wow, Darren Singh. Rafa, your thoughts on the corner goal? What, what the heck was the goalie thinking there? <laughs> but that, what a beautiful shot. And this one right goes into the goal. Right, right on the goal. back corner. Back corner. And, I mean, this is a beautiful shot. The goalie had no chance. It, it, even though she was kind of positioned <laughs> in the beginning, but it's a great shot. Yeah, so that was the first goal uh, from there. And then they ended up uh, – Looking at it here, uh, Kansas State did uh, get a goal. Uh, uh, Kyler Goins in the 58th minute, and then uh, uh, Shah Dade in the 88th minute to get the win. Uh, UTSA outshot uh, K State by 15 shots, five on target. Or K State, pardon me, UTSA had 15 shots, five on target to eight, with only one on goal. Um, like I said here, UTSA's off to a 3-0-1 start. You know, so very impressive. Uh, for the UTSA women. Um, and looking at their schedule here, you know, they drew Houston Baptist. I think that's a game that I think they probably probably if had to do over again. You'd think that they'd win. Uh, yeah, they should have won that game. Roughed up Texas Southern 7-0, went on the road to Texas A&M Commerce 1-2-0. Uh, and to me, the big one beating uh, Kansas State. They're going to go down to Florida. Uh, Stetson uh, University, which will be on YouTube here, and then of course uh, at South Florida on ESPN Plus at 11 a.m. kickoff on, on Sunday against South Florida, which will be a future rival, I believe, in the Conference USA uh, before coming back home on September 11th and facing uh, uh, Stephen F. Austin before they start com uh, com uh, 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 conference play. Charlotte would be a big one to go to on the 18th. <laughs> Charlotte historically is one of the top programs. Um, I'm just trying to look out through the rest of their schedule here. Uh, you know, the UTEP match. Uh, but to me, like I said here, if, if you're able to go out, you know, Wednesday against Rice, uh, obviously Texas rival, but uh, Charlotte on the 18th will be a huge match conference wise here uh, for that here. Speaking of that, uh, you know, and this is something maybe you can speak to is uh, the Roadrunners are ranked uh, sixth. Uh, in the United Soccer Coaches regional rankings, which is the first time ever for there. Um, I know you're a little bit more up on the, the rankings here. Uh, your thoughts on how big of that is, number one, to be ranked. Number two, um, how big it was to beat uh, Kansas State to end their first Power 5 win? Well, this is, um, I mean, this is all, all the hard work the girls have done. You know, Coach Pittman, you got to, Staff, you know, this is a very earned, earned ranking. I think it's the first time ever they've been ranked. 
<clears throat> even though it's a regional rank, it's still a great ranking. Um, hopefully, like I said, they can continue on the winning ways. Maybe they'll crack the top 25 for the NCAA rankings. And, and I, I think they have a good shot. You know, if, if they can play just what they did against Kansas State and some of the other games, uh, you know, don't be surprised, like I said, uh, with UTSA having a, a chance to, you know, get into the top 25 or they keep on winning games. And hopefully they win the conference championship. That's the big thing for them. So. So kudos to them, congratulations to them. Very, very, you know, deserving, and they've earned it. You know, they've played some real tough teams in the preseason. I know they had a little setback with Baylor, but they, you know, like I said, they, they were on top of that game. I think that was a good measuring stick for this cup, this Kansas State game, and and they knew going into this game, hey, we can play, we can play with the Big Twelve teams, and 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 it showed. And so it's a good. Launching pad for them, for especially if we're going into next year when they go into the the American Air Conference, which will see a little stiffer top competition. Robert, you with us now? Yeah, I am. I am. How's it going? Doing well. Uh, I know we kind of jumped into the UTSA, but your initial thoughts on the week? You're talking about uh, well, first SAFC. Oh, Harry, you're muted. Harry. Anything on the initial thoughts this week? I mean, I guess like uh, the big thing is. In terms of SAFC, like the the game itself, it was just kind of like like a lifeless game. It just seemed like there's like some missing, like you. And I think even your hashtag kind of alludes to it. Just the uh, idea that the kickball was successful. It was working in the beginning, and now something needs to change. <clears throat> and and my, that's my big thing is, and it's a loss. It's an L, but you gotta take it in stride and just work through it, and kind of you know at that point get better at it. Which brings us to Indianapolis, San Antonio. So, do we just want to watch the highlights and then discuss? <laughs> There's not many. There's not many. There's not many. Uh, and of course, uh, you know the UTSA stuff. I got off the UTSA Twitter, and obviously their uh, webpage, uh, UTSA Soccer through UTSA Athletics here. So, uh, for that here. Uh, the video here, the highlight package, of course, is through uh, YouTube, uh, ESPN Plus, and USL Championship uh, for that here. So let's take a look. Antonio Football Club, that is a club record, as are their 57 points as we are underway in Indianapolis. So this is how they thought we lined up, which, of course, uh, uh, has the right people, but the, the wrong slots here. But uh, Farr, Maloney, Tainer, Kamiri. Uh, Pirano, well, you got two Piranos. Yeah, it was a mistake. They, when they first announced <laughs> it, I saw that. Or, when they first put it out, and there's no dinner in on the bench. Like, did they clone him? <laughs> oh, three Piranos. <laughs> yeah, there's no I saw that when I first came in. I was like, what's that? We're Pirano FC now. Uh, Collier in the middle, Gomez, Abu, Patino, and Dylan. At least they got the, the forwards, the keeper, and two thirds of the uh, back line straight. But uh, three Piranos, that's a. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, and Lorera made the bench. <laughs> so, uh, and, wow. and Collier's starting, and he's on the bench. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lorera, who's on the IR, three Pirano's playing three positions, and Collier's playing two positions. So, the boys in blue. Thank you, USL. Home kick, San Antonio in the all wide road unis. <laughs> What a touch. What a touch. 
He just couldn't get anything on it. He spent the last four seasons with the Chicago Fire. Having an excellent campaign with San Antonio. Is this play back in and across the mouth of goal and deflected wide? Oh, we should have put away. Corner of the half for San Antonio. Near post this time. Oh, was good good save. That was the one. Yeah. save. Shaw with a pretty ball up ahead for Tahada. So here's my question. Kamiri has to come over to this guy, right? Yeah. Making a run now. He keeps it alive. Tahada to his right. Dambrot bearing down. Dambrot across the line. So I'll start with you, Robert. Um, I know Jordan made his return. Anything that the goalie can do or anything that the defense can do better? Because when you watch the play, I won't lie to you. I was like, how did that go in? Because um, I thought it seemed like on the surface we were defending okay. But when you watch the replay, it seems like there's a lot of a, a lot to a lot to be desired. I mean, just the uh, – I mean, the guy makes a good play. He kind of turns uh, his defender around. And then maybe Mitch could have stepped up right there and closed that gap. But outside of that, I mean, I think – and we can talk about it later. But the big thing is I think we're missing – the anchor more so yeah, more than we realize because the last two three games there's a lot been a lot more uncertainty lost a lot less organization in the back line from what i could tell your thoughts uh, maybe. uh besides the appellates coming up here with the the track but if you see on that play you know that there's too much penetration inside the box mm -hmm. see how he's he's positioning himself the way he positions himself he's, he's supposed to be pushing him towards the sideline and and every time he back backs up he's allowing him more penetration into the box Kamiri his mistake was going for that I don't know if that was could have been a foul but he needs to stay on his feet and then if he stays on his feet I don't think that play materializes there I think he's able to defend him there but since he got Do away you think he should have fouled him then <clears throat> I mean but he has that many options I mean at that point yeah. there's no threat he's right already there. beat so he's all he's right there on on that run and you know it I think he was looking for the foul because you can kind of tell by his demeanor, like, hey, where's the foul here? But he, he needs to kind of see the slide tackle there. So he's basically. But who, would you, who would you say? Because to me, when I initially thought, I thought that was mm -hmm. a foul on Indy. Yeah. And this should have been a foul. If now, this is through my San Antonio Homer vision, you know, for that here. But on first reaction here, I thought it could have been a foul on Nick. But they did get the ball. And I think Kamiri going out that far, mm -hmm. you, you lost that core. The core it created that hole, as you mentioned, it opened up the space and along those lines. So, to me, that's the reason why I'm asking you two because you guys have played the game. You know, especially goalkeeper side there. As a defender, you know, was it just the facts that the fullbacks didn't get back in time, or and Kamiri had to go out, no. or is it just one of those plays where hey, indeed? Indy had a player that, you know, you know, between the, the goal scorer and Tahada, it was just, a, you know, well done. He just, you know, tipped the hat to him. I just don't think uh, Tanner was anticipating that him getting spun around like that. So he could have pressed forward and closed that, that gap. But when he went back like that, and then it was just a quick shot. So it's kind of like he kind of misread, like, exactly where his position needs to be. Because if you watch it, like, this guy comes here. He so you stop right there. That's the right limb there. right there. But if so, Dale, so if you uh, pull it right back, you see where he's positioned at. Mm -hmm. 
he's supposed to push him to the to the end line. To the end line, yeah. Now go, but he got bent, and then and then he, he ends up <laughs> he ends up stabbing at the ball, and and once he once you you stab at a ball and you're beat, you're done. And Tanner Tanner is anticipating him, but okay, he's gonna cut him off, yeah. and I think that's why he he kind of hesitated there to come up. If he does come up, now he does maybe he does block that angle of the shot. Because Jordan's perfect where he's at. You, yeah. you can't blame the keeper on that. On that. <clears throat> what about Connor? Should he have maybe dropped down and give a little he's, bit more support? No, he's not. Not him. He was. He wasn't a I'm factor just in the play. I'm not trying no. to blame because he like like needs the guard like intent. You know, <laughs> there's someone on on his side for the pass back out. A Tanner could have maybe done a little bit better. Maybe step up. He could have probably altered that shot. It's important. I, and I don't believe you could just keep flipping this switch like, hey, we're going to play hard today and we've got it locked up, so we're not going to play hard. What a great run. Aguilera! And a nice save from Jordan Farr. Not beaten far post that time. Three goals coming into the match tonight. A Tanner in. Fresh leg substitution. Now a go from wow. Coutinho, and what a save. Tim Trill stopping it on the edge of the goal line. The man that has been the difference, at That's least offensively, shot. but it's been Tim Trill. In- Aguilera looking for Dambron. Instead, it's Asante. And now Rebeo. Oh, my goodness, what a strike. That's made the difference for Indy 11 in the second half. So you got that short it's hop weird to right see that turf it. Like Now that. it's three games coming off of a win and victory over San Antonio. That mountain looks a little bit more manageable. Vasquez couldn't get there. Adenaran keeps it alive. And a high hop into the chest of Trilk. Get the ball in play first. Like, I think we had quality shots. We just couldn't get any. There is... We just couldn't. We couldn't do anything with them. Um I, I think one of the things that I've seen the last few games is is the quality passing and then the on the attacking side it, it's kind of gone downhill and and it's making us four shot like really bad shots uh, you know uh, as you can see there you know instead of being patient you know you know trying to find that little through ball that opens the space and kind of what what you know pretty much you saw Indy was kind of doing to us for 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 a bit. I think I think we're rushing shots too much. We're just trying to force anything. Let the kind of let the play level let the space open up so we can send those balls in and make a better quality shot to put it in the net. Yeah, maybe accepting the fact that we're shooting from the outside. Like, okay, we have a shot open versus you know that one extra pass or the. Like, don't get me wrong. The shoots shots from outside are great because you are going to get some of those. But if you see, there's there's just too much inside that. Like we saw all the numbers Indy has. He said, "Hey, well, let's 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 settle down. Let's pull it back a little bit." And, I, and that's something I know Harry mentioned. Some, but you know, we're playing the ball too much, kicking the ball up and you know into that. And I think we maybe do need to start kind of bringing up, working the play in, and develop let it develop a bit. You know, be a little bit more patient because I th- I think teams are starting to figure us out as long as they stay deep. They can steal a lot of those deep balls 
And that's why I think some of our players are starting to get worn, worn out, too, as far as running and, and getting the ball. Because every time you run for a ball, you're going to get tired, especially in those sprints. So maybe it's time to maybe kind of change a little philosophy a little bit. Of, hey, let's, well, let's be patient. Well, that's what brought in is to kind of help be able to build up and dribble that night. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in shape yet. I know he played like 60 minutes, I think. Uh, when did he get subbed out? And that he needs to like kind of fit in the system too. It's like he needs to find his role. Like it seemed like at times he's kind of. He's, he's still sure. trying to get familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like with who's who and what to do and where this person like, yeah, is anticipating each other. Was it 76 minute here? But in time, in time, he's going to develop that chemistry. But uh, I think on our attacking side, we just need to be more patient. But we also got to let the plays create. We got to create some space so we can next in. Look at you know the players that we have; they're fit to for through balls. Because you give a through ball for Patino or a, or a Deuteran, at least eighty to ninety percent, he's going to put that in the net. You know, unless the goalie's lucky enough to get in a good position, but. You know, I think we're just forcing balls too much, making them – we're wearing them out. And I think maybe that's taking a toll on so, like, some of our players, especially with, with injury-wise too. You know, we don't want them to be pulling up hammies and so forth. So I, I, I want to see that change a bit for this next, next few games because, you know, like I said, teams are starting to figure us out now how to defend us, especially for those long balls. And September's going to be rough. <laughs> that's a rough-ass schedule. I looked at this like, Ed. So you're – your thoughts on the substitute pattern. So Delem went out at, at at half. Gomez came on um, for you know for that, which I think is like to like. And I think I forget who I was talking to that was kind of shocked that Gomez didn't start initially. Um, you know, before that here, uh, Sam came on for Collier in the fifty third minute. Uh, Nacho came on for Dylan in the 64th minute, so that meant Patino played all 90, which is something that we'd been kind of talking about. Pirano went off in the 76th for Beckford, who made the return. And uh, because there was a concussion substitute, uh, San Antonio did not get the benefit of the fourth window just by, you know, by accident like they did a couple of years ago. Um, since Indy got an extra substitution window, we were got one. And uh, Nikki Hernandez came on for PC in the 90th minute. So, any thoughts on the substitutions? Uh, you know, too early, too late. You know, thought, hey, you know, it worked. The only one that surprised me was Sam not starting it. You know, it's kind of they're trying something different. It just seemed like he was experimenting. And then with such a long season, it just seems like at times he's trying to you know, start different lineups, see what works, what doesn't. So well, they haven't started tinkering. the same lineup. So to me, it's almost like it's, hey, how can He's I... tinkering. He's tinkering and tinkering, but it's not going to always work. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's like uh, he's I... trying different uh, combinations to see what works or what doesn't. Robert, do you think maybe now is the time that it kind of sticks to a, li- a lineup to build that chemistry from here yeah. on out, I- I- especially up front because – Oh, for sure. You know, the backside, you know, we, that's where the injuries are right now. But we're healthy up front. And I think for these up games, we need to put our, our best forwards up there. Yeah, barring you know, they injury. Start yeah. Barring, yeah, barring injury. But, and we, like I said, we have quality guys that come off can come off the bench and still make and change the pace of the, of the game or be a factor, you know, to try to get us a goal and so forth. But I think he needs to start, you know, especially up top, start building that chemistry like, 
you know, put your best three up there and you know, let, let them go, let them go buck ball and see what happens. And consistency, like, you know, the constant. Yeah. So who would be your top three starters as far as up top? We'll start with you, Robert. Or we'll start with you, Rafa, since you're the one that said, hey, we want to kind of get, get, uh, I, I think now, now, you know, I'd, I'd go with Patino, Adirin, and Collier. Those are the three I want up top right now. I, I would put, put I would put Pirano up top, but he's not there yet. As far as the chemistry with the guys, he's going to have to build that little. I would wait that for a little bit more. But for now, those are the three you want. And then one, one of the things I noticed, Dylan's, Dylan started, started hot, but he's kind of gone a little uh, – been dipping a little bit after since you know since maybe June July. Yeah, you gotta be careful, uh, Royce. will get you. No, uh, uh, no. But I mean, discussion here. <laughs> but it, but but what matters is you know it's just the level of play. And I don't know if he's mm-hmm. if it's, he's tired himself because he has played a lot of minutes. You know, and, and granted, you know, so that, you know maybe that's taking a toll, and maybe he does need to come off the bench. And 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 I think every time when he's played games coming off the bench, he's he's been a factor. So maybe that's maybe it's time to go. Let's put our, our, our you know our, our big guns up front first, and then we have a great unit now. The second unit with him, with Beck now that Beckford's back, you know, and then we also have uh, Nacho, you know. So we have the depth now that we can change it up if we need to get a goal or, or change the pace or so forth. Uh, Robert, your your thoughts? I mean, I'm with Rafa and the dinner in and Patino are the two for sure. After that, it really all in my mind it depends who we're playing and what we're trying to accomplish. Like you said, Pirano creator, once he's <laughs> comfortable, that may be an option. But I think Dylan, in this point, when the, the additions are made, he's being asked to do something different. Because at one point, he was like almost like a possession forward, like kickball, mm-hmm. dump it to him, he holds possession, he crosses, tries to find someone he creates. Right now, he's being asked to kind of play as if he's like the one behind the other two that are the scorers. So it's a little bit different role, so it's really hard to be as critical in my mind about him, but... You know, he hasn't been unproductive in terms of stats, but like his position or what he's being asked to do is completely different. So, and that's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I almost like the Collier Dylan to come on together as a pair because I think they do work work great. And then you know, to me, you have you know Pirano, Beckford, you know them as a pair. Uh, you know, you know being able to flip them back and forth. So, to me, the back line. Um, I know Tanner gets all the love and he deserves the love, you know, MVP. Uh, but how bad is this team missing Garcia? I, I I think that's, I think we've seen, to me, it's not shocking that when we're slumping is when we don't have Garcia. Um, uh, your thoughts there on that, uh, Rafa? Yeah, Gar- you can tell Gar- we're missing him. We're missing his leadership. That's, that's a big thing. And, and also he's, him being real physical. Um, because the lineup we had, yeah, we have two, like I say, Tanner's physical, so is Kamiri's physical. But, you know, our third, you know, having a third person there really kind of puts a fear on the other teams. And it hasn't been the case with their Salam or Dalem, which I'm not knocking on them because like they're great they're defenders. Different. They're different. They're just a different, yeah, they're just a different type of a, a defender. And so I have, have Manly as well. but Yeah, me, Manly, yeah. Yeah, Manly, you know, we definitely he makes a difference because he makes real, really smart decisions. He's fast, but he's also physical too. And and in any of the four, with the four of them, you know, any of the combination of the three, it's, you know, it's it's going to be a long night for the other team. 
But we are missing, I think, Matt, missing Manley and missing Garcia is really kind of affecting us a bit. But you got to look at the positive. You know, Delam and Salam are getting experience. Mm-hmm. They're playing in the back. So if just in case come playoff time, one of you know, or main three or four guys goes down, we actually have two quality guys that can step in and show the roles, and, and we won't miss a beat. So looking at stat-wise here, let me get back to that page. Uh, possession, according to Sofa score, was 50-50. I think I've seen it a little bit slight favorite to Indy um, on here, but it, you know, according to here, it's saying it's 50-50. Indy had five total shots, two on target, two off target here. We had 12 shots, six on target, four off, and two block shots. We had five corners, um, pretty even match foul-wise, uh, 16 and 17. They had three yellow cards. We had two. So I thought the ref did a really good job where you, you know, really couldn't complain. This is, I think this is the stat that I, I have a feeling if we go back and look at San Antonio's record when they lose, when they don't score, because once again, San Antonio doesn't score, they lose. Um, passing. Uh, 353 passes for Indy 11 at a 70%. Um, they played, had long balls 30 of 82 at 37%. But I think for San Antonio, and this is what you're, you're talking about here, 347 passes at a 66% uh, accuracy. Long balls 25 of 69, so at 36%. Um, we were four for 22 and crosses at 18%. They were two for 12 um we only had seven dribbles we were four for seven we lost possession you know uh, 179 to 83 but to me that passing when you mentioned you know i think you mentioned this a week ago or a couple weeks ago when that's below 70 percent that historically that's not very that's not a very um that's not going to lead you to a lot of wins there rafa Uh, i believe is is what your theory is is if if that passing is below 70 percent yeah, especially especially on the attacking side of the field, that's that's where you want it in the seventies and the eighties. You're in the seventies and eighties. You're gonna win the game. You're gonna win games, especially you know, especially on that side. And I, I don't know. That's something that they really need to work on, especially going to into the playoffs. You know, it, it what it does is just opens the door for more quality shots. But also those quality shots are gonna equal going into the net, and that's what we're lacking right now. And um, you know, because I like to see how you know what's our, our pass accuracy with inside the 18, you know, or on the attacking side, you know, where we're at. Well, I can give so. you the difference between the first half. So, the first half we were 71 percent, eight of 26, uh, on long balls. Second half we dropped to 62 percent, 17 of 43. And I think that's why all of our impression of the game was too much kickball. Is when you compare the first half, you had 26. So you had what? Uh, so 36, 17 more uh, long ball attempts, and it dropped your passing from hey 71%, which is you know you know the key for Rafa, down to 62% in the second half. And I think that was the biggest frustration in, in the second half is. If you look at the highlights, most of the you know most of the highlights was early. That first twenty minutes was San Antonio was commanding the game, did not get that goal because Indy's defense you know stood up and and was solid. But uh, the second half, you know, outside of Sam's shot, I, I didn't really see a whole lot. 
of, of inspiring that hey we're we're coming back in this match yeah. did you robert no not at all like uh it was kind of like almost like a like a lifeless game almost like energy levels were low it just seemed like blah and then <laughs> i don't want to harp on it but it was interesting to see how the ball like really rolled or didn't roll on that field it was kind of a weird pitch like i saw a lot of the ball would do like strange things when you would pass it. So I'm not saying that that's the reason we ended in that result. Cause we both play on the same field, but like, I'm sure it didn't help with like being cohesive or connecting passes, but you know, ultimately like it, it didn't, it seems like the energy, I don't know if it's like a lot of travel into the season, new players coming in and they're just trying to intertwine or like the substitutions are about, you know, let's keep everyone healthy as possible coming to the playoffs, being that we now clinched or whatnot, but. I don't know. Your thoughts uh, on it, Rafa? Um, I, I think you mentioned something earlier here about the about the field, but the pitch, you know. Yeah, so the know, pitch was new turf. Um, in speaking uh, with, um, oh, I forgot, uh, Brian. Uh, you know, it's new pitch that was laid down. My feeling of it is San Antonio didn't trust where the ball was going, and they also didn't trust where their feet were going because they were slipping and sliding. It's like they didn't have the confidence on there. And Indy 11, they play on it more, so they're going to have a little bit more, you know, comfort level with it. Um, but even to me, I didn't think that either team felt entirely comfortable on the pitch. Um, you guys can talk, uh, you know, about how new pitches, especially turf, you know, until they're broken in or, or, or you know, can be a little bit difficult. But to me, that that was that was my my feeling on that was. Number one, they didn't play well. Number two, um, the confidence level, you know, if they kicked the ball, it wasn't going where they thought it was going to or the bounces that they thought they would get weren't a true bounce to where, you know, you know, like they normally think that they, they uh, like they normally get. But but you are uh, right, Robert. They, Both teams have to play it. Yeah. But I think in that situation that, you know, SAFC should have kind of adapted, you know, you know what, if this isn't working, let's – Let's, let's let's just possess the ball, you know. Even though we're not a possession team, hey, let's let's pass, let's let's not force things. Let's put, be patient. Let's let's possess the ball, you know. Kind of play it around a bit. Maybe that would have kind of settled them down a bit, or give them a little bit comfortable. And then who knows? We could have had some opportunities to, to put that ball in the net. I, I think I think that's they can't hit the panic button if something's not working for them. They gotta have something to fall back on that can still get you know meet their objective in the game and about winning the game. Yeah. Kind of like adapt in some way, like find a way to make it happen, you know, uh, kind of morph into what the situation, the environment, the pitch, whatever, find the the combination. It seems maybe that's what those substitutions are about. They're trying to find the combo that can work and what's going on and considering the circumstances and the environment. And I know Jonathan check uh, mentioned this and I think it's something that we've all been kind of feeling a little bit where, the team hasn't been playing as well as it was, but they've been still getting results. And I think, I think it was you Rafa that said, um, or it might've been Royce that said, Hey, losing this match is probably, is probably a blessing because they've got away with some results that probably shouldn't have got away with, uh, you know, you can say, but this team is a great team. It, it fights it, you know, it doesn't give up, but this is one of those games where they, they just couldn't get that, that, last second goal they couldn't you know get that magic feeling you know one sure. time um for it here so you know it's one loss um it's on the road 
you know, like I said here, it's, you know, it's, it's against a team that's fighting for its playoff life um, on it here. And, you know, like I said here, I know Indy 11 had been, what, 12 in a row uh, winless. Mm. So, but they've been playing better. So they've been building up to getting, you know, to getting a result. Um, we're kind of spoiled uh, too, though. We're spoiled. <laughs> I mean, this year, like in years past, like it, you know, we're spoiled. That's the problem. Is like we're now we're getting used to like. <laughs> well, now we're expecting. Okay, <laughs> exactly. hey, in the years it's past, ten, like it's ten minutes. We're gonna get that tying goal. You yeah, know, in years past, you'd year. be like, oh, it's on the road. We lose half of them anyways, and <laughs> we tie the other half. <laughs> So, final thoughts on the game. Uh, you will start with you, uh, Rafa. Your final thoughts on the indie game before we move to uh, the standing and results from this last week. Uh, hopefully, like I said, this is an eye opening for them. To say, hey, you know, we need we need to play with some more, some more enthusiasm. Some more, some some of them need to play with a little bit more ball. I can say some balls. You know, just hey, go out there and and take care of business. You know, and I, I know this one. The state that the, the lost things because, like I said, we're trying to stay ahead of, of Louisville mm-hmm. and also San Diego, you know. So, these are some games that we need to get the three points, you know, and they need to understand that, you know, everyone's going to be gunning for them. We can't, you know, rely on comebacks. Yeah. So, we need to, we got to assert our authority. We got to get jump on the lead and, and take care of business. So, so hopefully, this will be eye opening for the next game versus Oakland. Robert, your final thoughts on the indie match? I mean, just three words, short-term memory. That's it. Like, you literally forget it. It's over like a cornerback that got scorched for a touchdown. Like, <laughs> it happened. It's done. Let's focus on September. That's, you know, that's all you can do. I will say, despite the loss, San Antonio still had a pretty successful weekend. Um, and the reason why I say that, uh, and we'll get to this in the standings here, uh, for that here. Uh, looking at the standings, Louisville uh, ended up losing to the Miami FC. Uh, Memphis ended up losing to Birmingham Legion. Uh, Tampa did get the win against Orange County, uh, which pr- pretty much, in my opinion, kills them. On Sunday, uh, uh, Kaler's team, uh, Birmingham Legion, got a 3-1 uh, victory over uh, the bye week team, uh, I mean New York Red Bulls. Uh, Riverhounds uh, in fifth place, 2-1. Miami FC is starting to shoot up to where they're going to be a contender possibly for a home home match there. Uh, they got the win, as we discussed, over Louisville. Detroit City rolled Charleston. Uh, Tulsa did get a, a win over Loudoun like they should. Uh, of course, Indy beat us. Hartford got the win over Tulsa Tabor. earlier in, early in the week because uh, Tulsa had a, a six-week six match, a six-week, um, a six-point week. Uh, Loudon uh, unfortunately took the loss. Uh, Charleston, Atlanta United to uh, Red Bulls. Uh, the E means uh, you're eliminated. And for two of the teams, see ya. See ya in the MLS next pro. I, I know you're playing out the season, but uh, God fishing. That's it. The no fishing. No, no more playoff uh, playoff capabilities. Out west, uh, of course, we took the. Uh, we <laughs> Uh, the roots who we play coming up, uh, went to San Diego and gave them uh, a loss here. So they did not pick up any ground, uh, switchbacks. Have they turned around or is it just because, or it's just, just because of New Mexico? Hey, you know, not sure that they get Sacramento, uh, got their victory over Oakland roots on Saturday, on, uh, Saturday, the San Diego match was, a, I believe a Wednesday match, uh, for that here, New Mexico, uh, ended up losing to, uh, at Colorado Springs. El Paso, 
Uh, to me, got the big win. Uh, I thought yeah. they would get a multi multi goal loss. They ended up getting a multi goal win. Uh, Vegas got pounded by RGV. Watch out, RGV seems like they're warming up like they did last week, last year. Uh, Galaxy got a, a 2 0 win over the Fighting Sam Gleedles, uh, Monterey Bay. Uh, Oakland, as we talked about here, had, had a, a split week here where they beat Loyal but lost to Sacramento, but tough week for them. Uh, RGV got on there, uh, Rising, Monterey Bay, Orange County, um, unfortunately, here, but. As you can see, the West, uh, nobody's really out of it. Um, I know El Paso having the match play to hand at 37 points. El Paso, um, L.A., Oakland Roots, who we play next through there. Any thoughts on the standings? Uh, you do see we got an X, as we discussed. We mentioned that we clinched. I think uh, if results go <laughs> right for San Diego, they can also clinch um, this week. It was bittersweet though that that clinching the way it happened, <laughs> we like backed in, we lost, and I was kind of like, in, yeah. I'm like not, I wasn't so when I saw that I was like, I don't uh, okay, <laughs> I was kind of not happy about it, but I mean the big thing, my question is, did RGB double their goals for total last game? <laughs> That's fine. That, so. that was a lot. I was like, holy crap! But the big thing with those two, uh, the lights and then the galaxy is like those teams are like. One, one game they show up, one, they're just like so they're, consistent. They're Jekyll and high teams. Yes, yes. I th I th and, th and I think that's what the middle of the pack of the Western Conference is. There's a lot of Jekyll and high teams. One, they know when to turn – sometimes they turn it up a game, but then the next game they get blown out. And and that's the scary part about our conference, you know. And, and that's what happened in the playoffs last year. That That is the key thing there is um, – and knockout soccer, it's, it's, you never know. That's the key. It's like, man. On to the preview here since we are talking through here. Big match coming up, The not for us, uh, but for uh, Sacramento. Uh, they play, I want to say it's this coming week, right? Uh, the U.S. Open Cup Final. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's September 7th, so next week, right? Uh, it's a Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, 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 Wednesday night game. So we may address it then, but this is a question that was, that was posed here. What would it mean if Sacramento won? I mean, so, like, like almost semi-justification. I mean, <laughs> that our team, you know, that the gap is not as as uh, extreme as they like to pretend between the two, two leagues. And it, it'd be like justification that our league is valid, you know, kind of validation in my mind. They'll be in the CONCACAF <laughs> tournament. That's wild. That'd be wild. I mean, and Darius yeah. is correct that there was an early red card in the Vegas game that did, that did shape uh, RGB's win, but still two, you know, two win five Oh on the road. Uh, even up a man is to me is still impressive, especially where I think if you ask most RGV fans, they thought that they should have came uh, out of Toyota field with all three points as well. Uh, and they've been offensively the inept all year. That so yeah. to them, yeah. one you know even one man down, that's an explosion for them. Yeah. So uh, to be fair, Ollie, hurry back. Uh, now that's enough niceness <laughs> about RGV. <laughs> so, but uh, Rafa, your thoughts on if Sacramento was able to 
to beat Orlando City and, and then have the ability to play uh, CONCACAF Champions League, what that would kind of mean? How big of an embarrassment would it be for MLS to lose this game? You know, and they're going to go all out. I'm sure, Don, I'm sure Don Garver's probably handpicked the refs and doing all this black magic on, on X in Sacramento. Hey, we love you, Sacramento. Hey, we want you guys to win. So, you know, it's, it's sorry, all especially because it's Sacramento because sorry, they have, the they have yeah, an MLS. Yeah. Some guys, some guy put on uh, on um, <laughs> on on Twitter said, "Hey, well maybe you know MLS will go grab them." I'm like, well that'd be odd because they already had them. They kicked them out. There's no way Garber's like, "Hey, come on back." My bad. Sorry about <laughs> my that. My bad. <laughs> 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 Man, justice for taking their team away. I guess. But, and, um, and unlike Detroit City, you know, you know, hey, you know, it's just my club here. I think I speak for all of us here. Uh, we're rooting for, you know, Sacramento and, and State of the Republic yeah. podcast here. Like I said here, wish you much, sure. much luck next week. And, of course, we'll probably talk about it a little bit closer, uh, you know, next week as far as, you know, our expectations for, you know, for the match here. Um, I still think USL should have moved uh, like uh, MLS did, uh, move, you know, reschedule games around it, you know, so that way Sacramento – didn't have to worry about losing points in league play and, you know, was able to put out their best foot product because for USL, that's, you want to, you want to get an upper hand on this, you know, unofficial soccer wars, having Sacramento beat Orlando city is a huge flag to put, you know, put down. Is it that uh, in Orlando? Is it in Orlando? Yeah, it's in Orlando. Of course. Uh, of you, course. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that they hosted Kansas City. I was, I was not going to allow that. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I should have. I knew my answer. But it would make it more sweeter if the Sacramento beats them there because yes. the deck's against them. You know, they're going to go in with nothing to lose. And that's and that makes them a little a more dangerous team because the pressure's on Orlando. Orlando mm-hmm. has to deliver. And if they don't deliver, it'd be, it'd be that's, a, that's a big embarrassment. Not only to Orlando, but it's a big embarrassment to Garber and the MLS, you know. And like I said, hopefully, you know, Sac yes, Republic yes. does pull it off, and and then just to show that hey, you know, we can compete. Like I said, that our win versus Austin FC was not a fluke. Mm-hmm. You know, we could, you know, USL can compete with the MLS teams, and, and there was a pro a pro promotion regulation. Hey, you know. It'd be great. Be, should it be Houston? The handball on the line. I'm not gonna yeah. let it go. Yeah, that too. That too. I'm not gonna let it go. And let and let's be fair. Let let's yeah. be fair. We're talking about how we're closer to MLS in certain cases. Mm-hmm. USL League One, Nisa. They also have shown you know their their <coughs> talent drop isn't mm-hmm. as far as USL fans think. Going from USL Championship down to League One because there were a lot of. Uh, you know, upsets. What uh, Union Omaha beat what two MLS teams? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for that here, so this this is something that I wish for U.S. Soccer that they would take a look and say, "Hey, the top to bottom, the talent is, is improving to where you don't necessarily have to protect MLS as much as they do." But moving on to uh, USL uh, new clubs and. Um, league news here, uh, and then we'll go to the uh, Oakland San Antonio preview. Uh, we were going to have a guest, unfortunately, that fell through with us not having the show last night, and, and we weren't able to reschedule it for today. Uh, 
Speaking of Oakland, uh, they have announced that they're going to explore a new stadium development. You know, it's looking to build a 10,000-seat stadium for men's and women's teams. Uh, the Roots and the Oakland Soul, so I love the branding. And then, of course, the Project 510 uh, team, which is a real, really great uh, community uh, development that they have that plays in USL League 2. Um, they're saying that they've outgrown uh, Laney, uh, was it Laney University? where they currently play, or Laney College, pardon me, Laney College Stadium. So wish our uh, Oakland Roots uh, much success on finding a stadium. Um, I know in the Bay Area, uh, as well just in general in California, that's a harder process than than you probably think it is, uh, just with all the you know red tape. You know, there's not a lot of land to begin with, but uh, wish some luck uh, to be able to absolutely uh, be able to do that. The other news here, uh, Jacksonville to USL. Um, unfortunately, it's not the Armada. Um, rumors are the Armada are headed to uh, USL, I'm probably not USL, uh, MLS Next Pro uh, for that here. Part of it is uh, Jacksonville, Armada, and USL, from my understanding, um, haven't had the best relationship uh, with it, you know, between uh, uh, Robert Palmer and, and, usl directly so uh but the ownership group which um they highlighted tim tebow there are some red flags in my opinion around it the, you know looking at it and speaking with some of the people that i know from the armada and just talking uh, with them um it's probably going to be south of jacksonville um uh, i think i forget the account that they mentioned but it's it's south southeast of jacksonville so you're probably looking from downtown Jacksonville, 30 to 40 minutes outside with lights and stuff along those lines. They have partnered with Florida Elite Academy, and I found where their campus was. It wouldn't shock me if that's where it's going to be at. Uh, be at. It's kind of off of a freeway uh, for that here. So there is some concerns, but they are looking to build, I think it was, what, a 15,000-seat stadium. Um Looking at new clubs that are coming in, 2023, Queensboro, although that's already been pushed back twice. I'll believe it when I see it at this point. Uh, 24, Rhode Island, uh, 2024, they broke ground. 2025, New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Iowa. Iowa's also been pushed back, but I have more belief that they're coming in uh, for that here, and it's just more through there. New Orleans and Jacksonville are new, newly announced this year. Um, missing from the list so far, uh, as Rafa pointed out, Fort Worth. Um, yes. and I don't know if they're tied a, as an expansion team since uh, the Bulls sold the rights. Oklahoma City also, they've made whispers that they're coming back, and I believe they are. Um, but nothing so. official as of yet. And then, of course, you know, constant rumors, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Baltimore, those are going to be all battles uh, between USL and MLS on who can get clubs into their first or both. Or, you know, who knows how that's going to work out. So we'll go with you. Uh, Rafa, your thoughts on the new uh, new clubs coming in a few years uh, for USL? Surprised with Jacksonville with Tebow being one of the owners. Um, I'm surprised that um, – you know, the owners from uh, actually the cons because they're in Jacksonville. They own, like I said, the, the Jaguars and also they own Jim uh, Premiership. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, yeah, but they're going to, they're looking. I'm surprised that I didn't partner up with them because I think that would have been a, a good, good way to kind partner of, up with who? USL or with? Well, with the cons as far as the ownership. 
they can't. You know why? Or you know why that's that won't happen? How many MLS owners are also NFL owners? Oh, that's yeah, quite a few. <laughs> no, that's, that's why it wouldn't. That's why you wouldn't have Con. the Vikings own Orlando City. So it's, <laughs> they do. Well, it just there, Vikings owners do. Yeah, the, the, but it's a but it's a good thing I guess that's sort of for accident. Well, with this ownership to have the Jackson, so, but I mean, I would it would have been something maybe tied in because they do have that background. But like I said, good luck to them. So it's going to be great having a team. Who knows what their name's going to be? Maybe they'll be called the Battleships FC or something. Man, nobody goes to Lubbock. Nobody lives in Lubbock. <laughs> no one wants to go to Lubbock. <laughs> the Midland had a team or some, one point or something. I'd rather have a team in Amarillo than I would Lubbock. But, you know, that's that's me personally. But, uh, but who – imagine the road trip. No, Lubbock, <laughs> yeah. I, I will give credit to Lubbock, though. They had a uh, NPSL team this year. They drew pretty well. So, I think for a League One team, especially if, if Corpus Christi does get uh, their, their stadium built and they do go to League One, um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Lubbock through there. Um, Waco, Waco would be another Tech, one. Texas Tech, do yeah. they play football, buddy? <laughs> so, so Corpus might go League One. Oh man, yeah, they're they're trying to build a stadium. Um, they have a League Two team uh, that play yeah, at the Hook Stadium. That. Um, but supposedly, That's supposedly the city or county, I forget. Um, have already authorized the um, purchase or purchase. They've allocated part of the money or all the money. I don't know, remember the specifics, but yes, most likely there is going to be a League One team okay. um, at some point, possibly down in Corpus, unless it falls through. Which, of course, you never know. That, With that, the USL, you know. <laughs> but your thoughts on the upcoming teams: Queensboro, Rhode Island, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Iowa. All seems to be east and, and uh, midwest. It's just super exciting, like to see the league expand. Like to me, it's like when you love something and you see it expanding, that's great. <clears throat> you see comp it as long as they come in the mentality to be competitive, like you know, not just to go through the motions, like some of the teams that <laughs> have traditionally been like the MLS teams that are now leaving. So to me, fill in those gaps with teams or what they have aspirations, or they, you know, they're they're trying to like you know build the product in certain markets. You have nothing but excitement, you know. So we'll kick off the uh, pregame coverage of Oakland versus uh, Oakland Roots versus uh, San Antonio FC here. It'll be what a nine o'clock kickoff is, if I remember myself correctly here. Mm -hmm. uh, for that here, uh, we're ten zero and four with the loss at Indy here. So I believe the record is eleven wins uh, that we could tie uh, with with there. Um, if we don't get the win against Oakland, then we go on the road. Final two road matches are back-to-back -back at Birmingham, at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Both playoff teams out east, both a lot tougher uh, for that here. Roots have always been kind of tough uh, to play against. Um, but I would like to see us walk away with, with, with the win through here. Um, Oakland Roots at home. Um, nothing to write home about. Uh, 14 matches, 5-5-4. Five, five and four. A plus four goal difference uh, for that here, the average 1.43 points at home, um, where we average 2.14 on the road. Obviously, getting back some of the, so, you know, some of the defenders. I know uh, Jonathan was at uh, practice today on social media uh, or on Twitter, mentioned that Manley's back warming up and was working with the first team, which is which is great news. 
sure um along those lines he's you know a little hush hush on on uh, uh garcia still which garcia. has me a little bit worried me too uh but uh your thoughts on this upcoming match against the oakland roots i mean they're they're a quality team i mean you can't take them lightly you gotta go in there with the winning mentality like you have to take it to them i mean they lately i in a way, losing the coach the way they did, it may rally the team. They're like, well, okay, it has brought, more. you know, That's just, like, everybody's against us. Inspired. Yeah, They're going to be inspired. They're like, literally, let's prove this guy wrong. Let's prove that him leaving was the wrong move for him. I mean, it's not personal necessarily, but, into you know, as a player. You're but like, it is okay, personal to them. No, but it may not be to the degree where you're like, no, I don't. It, it just, they felt shunned. And then at that mm -hmm. point, they may actually, you know, play that. Because that win, they <laughs> Roots, if you watch them, they draw over and over and over and for them to win that last game that was pretty it seemed inspired it was mm -hmm. a tough matchup i do know that they came out with a different lineup you know because i had discussions with the uh roots blog uh for that here i think player wise they were unhappy but i think from a fan wise they weren't necessarily upset per se they were upset how it happened but there was a lot of a lot of um, uh, backseat coaching, we'll say, from the fans uh, that that they thought, oh. hey, they they could have made better adjustments. They could have, you know, had better, better, you know, a better starting lineup along those lines. Here, um, I know they came out with Paul Blanchard, uh, Tyreek uh, Morad, uh, Fasori, Jose Hernandez, uh, Darius gotcha. Carmela. Uh, Charlie Dennis, uh, Juan Carlos uh, Ozakar, uh, Amara Camenta, uh, Alejandro Funemeyer, uh, Eduardo Rito, and uh, Mikhail Johnson. Uh, so if you notice, there's quite a bit of RGV uh, influence on there. Uh, Chuy, uh, Chuy uh, Jesus Enriquez is also on there. So this is a team. Joseph Nani also spent time in San Antonio. Um, I think uh, with the... Um, I think he spent time with, with SAFC or, or the Scorpions right at the end there. Uh, but this is a team that knows San Antonio well. This is a team that's very defensive for that here. This is, a, I think, the advantage San, San Antonio has as opposed to uh, San Diego. They've got a little bit of tape on what the new coach wants to do where San Diego didn't have any tape on, on what adjustments there have there. Um for that here, and, and Darius mentioned that their star striker is still on paternity leave. He's been out the last three games. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that's er Erickson or, or yeah, Erickson, yeah, yeah. So we faced him in the first match. Let's see here. I know we we lost that match, right? So oh, we tied him. that one. I one. remember Blanchett was on the ground for like half of it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> pickle juice for the next game. That's all I ask. <laughs> His cramps. <laughs> yeah. The one yeah, thing one, with Oakland, one, one draw, yeah, yeah. The one thing with yeah, we had to come from behind on that one. The one thing with Oakland, I think they mentioned the comment about that they score a lot of uh, goals towards the end of the game, like the last ten minutes. They had a really high, um, you know, scoring rate. But maybe that was influenced by their star striker. Now that he's not there, you know, maybe this time will be different. Uh, one thing SAFC needs to do is just needs to put them away yes. early on, and yes. especially, you know. The mindset of, you know, them being kind of shunned by their coach, you know, SAFC needs to take advantage of that. You know, they need to put some doubt who they have, who they have now and just and, and take care of business. Because this is, like I said, we may see these guys again. And, you know, oh, and, 
and they're a tough so, out. They're not a bad team. Yeah, and especially with the run they made last year. Yeah, so I watched their games. Their, their offense. Yeah, it's just a matter of sometimes connecting that last pass. That was the, mm-hmm. the downfall. To me, they play a lot like RGV does, and yeah. and if we if we're honest. Yes, record-wise, we do. We have the head-to-head advantage, but those games are always tight. They're always physical. Mm-hmm. They're they're games that if San Antonio isn't finishing, they they tend to struggle. If they can get ahead and get in, as you mentioned here, Rafa, get get on them, get that early goal, that 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 can change things uh, going forward. Yep. Thoughts? Any other thoughts that you have on Sacramento or not Sacramento? Uh, on um, on uh, Oakland Roots? Just a mindset. Of hopefully they don't just playing on turf doesn't get them unstuck in their head again, like with the last game. You know, whatever you play on, on natural grass or artificial, just go. We just need to go out there and kick their butts. That's 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 what yes. they need to do. And then also pounce on them early. Pounce on them early. Beat me. You know, and like something we've been flexing our muscle early on, but we just, I don't know, it's something we just can't get those in. So we got to get some goals in with those 30 minutes. And that will, and that will set the pace for the rest of the game for us because then we can take really kind of clap on, especially with our defenders. We can take care of business and so forth. They're not playing from behind. And I think we, we have trouble playing from behind. Yes, so. pounce on them early. If we get that one goal in the beginning, like it becomes like almost like a bow constrictor. Literally make them play to us, play to us, and bounce back. So Matt brings up, <laughs> excuse me, a point here. San Antonio needs to focus um, after the Cup win. I haven't seen the strive, you know, the same strive, you know, in his eyes. I think it's been a little bit. I think it's only the last three or four games where I've seen that they haven't had had that same. I don't even say it's the same intensity, but just that. Uh, there's just something missing, and it seems like after Garcia went off, that's after Manley common, went that's off, that's the common denominator is Garcia. In my mind, that's the difference. And and when that back line now, the back line is still doing great, but it's 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 not that it's not that strong black uh, strong wall that it used to be. Yeah, literally, there's less. There's sometimes where there's nervy moments where we're not used to that. Like it's like, do I mark this man? Do I you know? And Garcia seemed to anchor that. That's why the bold, if you remember the bold, <laughs> no one ever scored on them. They didn't ever score. But who was the anchor? Garcia. <laughs> Literally two years in a row. Same guy. But we're, up, but we're also built <laughs> offensively to put goals to prevent that. If we, you know, we're, if we need to be in a high scoring game, we have the fours to do it. They just need to execute. You know, And like I said, plus, I think, like I said, we have the best keeper in the league, too. So that's a factor there, regardless with defense we have up front. But our offense, all the players that we have signed, we're supposed to be at least putting three or four, five goals a game. That's but what they're our, built should be built on. Our defining wins, even on the road, game after game, one zero, one zero, one zero. That can catch up to you if you're not yeah. putting the one in. The other team scores, and then now you're like Harry said, you're playing from behind, and now you're forced to do things you're not comfortable with. Well, that's why USL Tactics John mentioned that despite the success that San Antonio is having, that it's not as convincing as the kind of like Lou City's had so far. And Lou City's had a few 1 0. And, and yes, we joke around, hey, they play, you know, play in the least, especially the, the bottom of the East is so weak. 
but they've held their own against the top teams. And that's why, to me, as far as road matches, this is an important one. So that way you can get that 11th one. And that way when you head in where, you know, a month from now, uh, I think it's a month now when, when you, when they head off to play um, Birmingham and Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks uh, that you have that. One final thing I do want to mention here, the Crocketeers um, are having a watch party at Mitchell sports bar. I know, you know, typically as we've seen with uh, late games, there hasn't been a watch, uh, watch party. So if you do want to go, it's not at Alamo beer like they normally have it. It is at Mitchell sports bar. And I haven't seen SAFC announce that they are going to have one this week or not uh, for that here when I, when I did a quick scan. They'll do it like 10 minutes before. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so the final topic here, uh, and I guess it's kind of appropriate uh, with Rafa or you know, with Waffer with his stupid Mexican. Uh, I don't want to talk about Mexico it. jersey. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this one. <laughs> We haven't seen San Antonio, or not San Antonio, the U.S. men's national teams. There's been a lot of leaks, uh, but, uh, you know, through uh, sportslogo.net, uh, they do have kind of came through with the kits that have came out here. Uh, looking at Germany's, uh, Rafa wanted to discuss about the, uh, I think that's the home one with the black mm-hmm. stripe down the middle and the away one, which I, I like the away one. If I was a kit guy, I, I would get the, the away kit there. Uh, any thoughts on on this, uh, Rafa? Yeah, the, I mean it's a nice kick from Adidas. Like I said, the home jersey kind of reminds me of. Uh, I think I think Philadelphia Union had something similar mm, to that. Similar, yeah. Yeah. So, but I like the away jersey. It looks that looks nice. Uh, Japan. Uh, what can you say? I I I, I love them. Uh, like I said, both the home and the way. Uh, like I said here. You know, just, you know, their origami concept, uh, like I said here, it's something that I think Robert would even like, uh, you know, uh, as well. I don't want to talk about it because U.S. kids are trash. <laughs> Spain's the I'm traditional traditional red, uh, the away kit. Your thoughts on their away kit there, Rafa? It's different, like I said, with the patch in the middle and, and the star. Um, well, they usually have pretty good away kits. I, I have one that's uh, basically, what Real Madrid's third jersey is like the black and teal, but that one's I like that one. That was a good, good one. Argentina way, I have to admit, I, I love it, dude. I love the nice. the purple at the bottom, and you know, it gets darker as it goes up. Yeah, it's classy. That's uh, nice. You know, won't lie to you, uh, I do love that one there. All right, this Rafa. One's terrible. This one's terrible. <laughs> this is this is trash. <laughs> T- talk talk to about you know ours is a plain white T-shirt. It looks like here yours is. This is the away jersey with all the with the, all the Aztec um, uh, imprints in it. It's a beautiful. It's a great. It's a great jersey. It's a. I like it. I'm ready. It's okay. It's ready to ready to purchase. I think that one's gonna it's have ready to, to purchase. I'm ready to purchase. Yeah. <laughs> You're selling <laughs> for it. It's ready to purchase. It's ready to purchase. But yeah, I'm ready to purchase it. It's a great. It's a great kit. But also that one's gonna come with a with a. Short, uh, so. Look at look at this, Matt. Mexico top tier buying them tomorrow. Oh wow! You need, you need a doormat. <laughs> I, I can't say about the oh, about God. the U.S. national kids. So. Yeah, well, they haven't just, been released just, yet. We've always seen the leaks. Dick's Dick's sporting guard has released them. <laughs> oh, no, I, I did. I, I my accident. I don't want to talk um, about uh, it. Belgium's Belgium. kit. It's I like the sleeves, but yes. It's kind of plain, but it's you know, not, not a bad kit. Oh, home. 
Yeah, the wager is, you know, I don't like that. Uh, Robert, you want to respond? It's all home. I, I mean, they're no, there. Uh, Robert, uh, Matt says my doormat is USA jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Not the last few games, bro. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I saw on social media that's the first win uh, Mexico's had over the United States in how long? Uh, Sweden's uh, to me the more traditional yellow home, uh, uh, white, white away, nothing crazy. There. What is uh, that? Bosnia? Uh, that I like their horrible. home kit. The home that's kit a pretty cool one. That does not look good. You don't, don't like that. it? No, oh, I don't. It's I, I like the blue jersey. I mean, they're trying to be something different and stand out, but it's too much. Columbia's traditional, yeah, I like traditional yellow. I like the one on the right, the red one. That's pretty yeah. sick. The wake it. Uh, <laughs> lots of a. The yeah, okay. Go with like a more creative color. Hungry. It's like the old Mexico jersey from last super, season. Super traditional. Uh, Chili's are traditional. Mm-hmm. So. However, the U.S. has not released theirs yet, so there's still hope. There's uh, hope. It's gonna happen, <laughs> Rafa. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, Nike, gonna Nike, uh, the only the only jersey Nike's made actually good is the, the one from Brazil. That's the only, especially the blue one. I'm pissed. US is still under Nike, right? So yeah, just get... yeah they they need to go back to Adidas. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, even the old Adidas jerseys from the US, those were actually pretty good. They made some good designs for those. But ever since they've gone to Nike, Nike's just has like no effort. It's, it's like all templates, kinder- right? It's, yeah, it's, it's like red it's and like the blue where it doesn't line up. God, like it's like kindergarten with just coloring <laughs> or something. You know, I mean, if you go to quality, you know, you know, it's abstract. Does, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel. If they go to Puma if they would do Puma because I see some funky Puma jerseys, especially from the Pumas. Yeah, they weren't on there. I'm not a big fan of uh, of the Puma Puma jerseys that have been announced. And God help us if it's San Antonio's jersey next year with the little square blocks and the square blocks. <laughs> Final thoughts. Um, I know we're just a shade. We're about fifty minutes, so uh, you know, trying to keep this under ninety. Um, uh, Darius said, "No way, U.S. soccer would go with a non-U.S. Uh, sporting provider uh, for that." Which is possible. This one? <laughs> yeah. See, at least that one has color. You know, that one has. It has, this, like, dude. You know. I mean, even the one that had the stars and stripes one. Oh, you're talking about this yeah, one? Yeah, that one. That one was a cool jersey. Yeah, that was a cool jersey. And then the Waldo one was all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. So, and I know I'm not the only one that has this. The U.S. needs to come up with one consistent, whether it's home or away, kit. And I think a lot of us believe the stripes, you know, we're, you know, the stripes should should be that, whether it's the Waldo kit or, you know, I think there's been a couple others through there. But I think the problem with the U.S. is they don't they don't have anything that's traditional. And I think that's to me, that's my biggest problem with U.S. kits is you don't know what you're going to get. And, and this year, I don't like either the home or the weight kits. The, the blue one's not the blue they're ones. Not, they're not out yet. They're not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> are they going back to the drawing board? Well, they're gonna. Aren't they, aren't they, play, aren't they playing this? Aren't they playing this week? Who? The U.S. Are they playing this week? Uh, I don't know. Because I know there's some international games coming up, and I think they're supposed to be playing. So who knows if they unveil their their new jerseys or something? 
Hopefully not. But I, I can understand their home jerseys, the, the white kit, you know, but add some color to it, like some like the blues. No, the September 23rd, they play Japan. So they get to debut their new jerseys. And then the 27th, day. they play Saudi uh, KSA Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And then they play, uh, you know, uh, Wales on the on November 21st. So, yeah, they only got two friendlies coming up. Japan. I mean, I think they're over in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some. Yeah, that's uh, going to be in Germany. Uh, there's like a dope ass like old glory like concept kit. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> it's yeah, so they're going to be playing in Germany and Spain. Uh, you know, those those two weeks. So you'll get the European players uh, for that here. So, final thoughts, Rafa. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Matt says that's Nike for you. So yeah, it's final thoughts. We'll start with you, uh, Rafa. I know you're away. Um, any uh, foreign leagues that you want to you know torture us about? You know, Real Madrid or you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, that's about delivered again. But I'll, I, I think oh, Champions, Champions League draw. League, yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't draw that. Um, uh, the group of death, Group C, which is uh, Scott's favorite. Shout out to Scott, his Bar Munich team. And then you got Barcelona, Inter, and some some Meno. I don't know what further from, but as I said, you can see all, there was a picture of Oliver Kahn get having a giggle when they saw when they had Barcelona put in the group. So you've probably seen another eight to two win for them. So, but that's going to be a tough one. Don't count on Inter. Inter, Inter, Inter Milan's got a good team. You know, they've got like Kapu and all that. And I think I think it's going to be a dogfight for that. All right. So, Group A was Liverpool, Ajax, uh, Napoli, <laughs> and Rangers. Uh, I've heard this one's. That's a tough, a, 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 a tough one. Traditionally tough. Those are traditionally like tough solid. group. Especially group. If, if, if the rumor's true, uh, Napoli may end up getting Killer Navas and Ronaldo. Into the squad. If they get them, they're going to contend. I still think Liverpool's going to win the group, but it's going to be between Napoli and Ajax for that second spot. What about Rangers? Any chance that they could do it? I don't think Rangers. They're traditionally tough. They're not a. Yeah. They'll, 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 they're not a win. Win. <laughs> Yeah. They'll give them a game. Group B uh, Atletico, uh, Porto, Bayern Leverskin, and Club Bruges. From Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. It's Atletico Madrid's got to win that group. I that's mean, a that's kind of soft division. You know, uh, Porto Porto they've made the they made the they're solid round. teams, but no great teams, right? They're mm-hmm. like it, you, whoever wins first or second in this group, you would not favor them advancing in the first stage of the knockouts, right? Porto Porto might surprise because they did yeah. not last season. So Atletico Madrid they just don't have the offense. Uh, you know, Simeone doesn't really have them. They're still trying to identify themselves with what type of team they're going to be this coming season. Group C is your group of death: Byron, uh, Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and um, <laughs> don't, don't bother. <laughs> plays in. Uh, hey, nice to see you. Thank you for showing up. Yeah, the, the participation ribbon. Yeah, enjoy your. Do you workload. think this comes down to goal difference? Whoever can pile on the most most goals? Do you think Byron? To me, yeah, I think Byron Byron, Byron is yeah. is the favorite of the group. I just. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, Inter is going to come down who wins those Inter Barcelona games, and it's and it may come down to goal differential, you know, like between them or how, yeah, how much between, you can pile up between them. 
So let's see here. So Barcelona gets uh, Pelzen first. Um, then there. So yeah, October 4th, October 12th is they play, oh wow, they play back to back. Um, they play, you know, they play the reverse back here. So October mm -hmm. 4th, um, in Inter, October 12th at Barcelona. So that will that's be. That's going to be key. That's going to be key there. So whoever wins, wins the, not only the games, but also the, the gold differential, it's probably going to win, get the second place in that group. Um, I thought Tottenham got a pretty easy group. Uh, uh, Frankfurt was it? Ink, uh, Ink, uh, uh Sporting mm -hmm. CP, and uh, was that? Uh, how do you pronounce that? Mar Marcelli? Oh, oh, Olympic Marseille. 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 Yeah, Tottenham should win that group. Um, it's going to be tough with. I think Olympique should be is going to be this runner up. You know, but don't count on Sporting. And don't count on Frankfurt. The, no, Frankfurt's my team. I was born there. <laughs> Chelsea, uh, Salzburg, uh, Dynamo, uh, Zagreb, and AC Milan. This one seems like an interesting group, but I think Chelsea will walk away with it. But who finishes second? In Milan. It's going to be Chelsea and Milan. They're going to advance. The problem with Chelsea, though. <sighs> Number one, you're starting to see the slide in in, in um, the EPL. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of roster turnover coming in, not a lot going out. You know, I know, uh, you know, as an American fan, uh, Pulisic's been kind of a discussion today. Um, you know, people weren't happy that he just walked off, didn't, you know, didn't clap to the fans or along those lines, which if it's one game he's had a bad day, he wants out. But to me, I think Chelsea, because what the transfer window closes uh, September six, I think. Well, no, close closes uh, this this weekend uh, for uh, no Thursday. Thursday, um, because if you have Peacock uh, from eleven a.m. to for seven hours, they'll have coverage uh, from um, was it Sky Sports? Yeah, um, through there here. So you know, for transfer day, if you're a fan, uh, Peacock is going to have uh, the coverage that goes you, on over in England. You want Pulisic to Newcastle though? You told me. <laughs> he needs he needs to go somewhere. He needs start. Like he's not. He may, he, the rumors say he may go. He may go to Juventus. He he, he needs to get he needs to get out of Chelsea. Um, you know because they brought in what uh, uh, Raheem Sterling, so he's behind him. And and I don't think I don't you know I, I like Pulisic, but he's not better than Sterling. Um, so you're not you're not you're not passing him. There, there's just no spot for him right now outside of, you know, picking up 10, 15 minutes, you know, spot starts here and there unless there's, you know, some sort of injury. But yes. for, if you're a U.S. men's national team, you want him to move on. I know he wants to move. He's he's trying to pout to see if he can force him to move out. I just think it's too late. Would I love to see him with Newcastle? Yes, because I, I think, you you know, I, I know it's not his natural position, uh, but you put him on the right-hand side. I know he's better on the left, but you put him on the right-hand side you know, with uh, the you know the young uh, forward that they brought in, and then um, uh, Saint Marcus on on the uh, um, on the on the uh, on the left hand side, I think that gives uh, gives Newcastle a, a very interesting front three uh, that that could intermix uh, between what well, Isaac Isaac is who they brought in uh, for that here. So to me, like I said here, I would love for him to go to Newcastle. I don't think he will, uh, but. I think he's gonna end up at Juventus. He's gotta get he's gotta get out of to me, he's gotta get out of Chelsea. If not, 
I hate to say this for the U.S. men's national team, he's not going to be in good shape when it comes yeah. to the World Cup. Uh, for that here, and I think, and I, I think, I think he, I think he forces his way out. But if he doesn't get moved this window, he has to wait until the January window to do, which of course hurts him when it comes to the World Cup uh, along those lines. Group F, uh, I know Rafa's got Celtic uh, winning it. Uh, RB Leipzig. Uh, <laughs> Celtic there you go. It's about the hoops. The hoops. Are... <laughs> uh, your thoughts on Group F? Uh, I know everybody's playing for second, but uh, how does how does Real Madrid get the weakest group? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I know we still beat the we still beat the toughest ones in the la, in the knockout <laughs> stage, so it's not gonna matter anyways. Um, I, I think I think Lip, uh, Lips, uh, Lipsig or or or, or Celtic are probably gonna be the second place. Uh, Shankar, what's going on in Ukraine? I think their their heads, <laughs> you know, nasty. yeah, that's that's their heads that's are nasty. at another place, yeah. Definitely. So so it's so how be, do they play those games there though? Do you think that, that's play them a, at a neutral site. Yeah. I have no clue where they're playing those games. I think they may be playing them in there in Kiev. But that's and I think Dynamo. Dynamo Zagreb is in Croatia. Oh, Croatia. Croatia. Yeah, that makes difference. So they may they could they they could move the games to Austria or Hungary. You know, if there is a situation, they could move those games over there. So, or Poland because yeah, tough. Uh, this is a, a tough group as well. Man City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. Yeah, Man City should have no problem with that group. But Halen gets to go back to to Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. Dude, you can't tell fit. me that wasn't uh, Patrick Ewing to the New York Knicks uh, type of of setup here with the warm envelope. We'll just say. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that match? Dunk, is that one of the first the one with the Duncan with the cold uh, ping pong ball? <laughs> yeah, so September fourteenth, and then mm-hmm. October twenty fifth. So not the return. So that's the return when it goes back to to Germany. Should be. This a- is an interesting group: uh, PSG, Juventus, uh, Benfica, and uh, was it Hafa from Israel? Yeah, Hafia, uh, mm-hmm. which has the guy from the goalie, Josh the Cohen, is he uh, the goalie goalkeeper? Uh, mm-hmm. Used to be with yeah. the, uh, USL Phoenix Rising, uh, <laughs> starting goalkeeper for uh, for them here. So, uh, congrats! He's gonna uh, uh, letting a lot of go, a lot of goals from Neymar. He's gonna take a lot of goals from Neymar and he's got a neck injury. He, he can say I got scored on by Messi or by Neymar or by Mbappe. But is this really just Paris and Juventus and and don't this? don't kind of uh, Benfica? Benfica, yeah, they got a good club. team. They have a solid yeah. club. So so who you know, slips? You think? If, I know PS, PSG's. I know they're playing really well right now, but they're in that Farmers League, and they and ESPN FC brought this up too. It's like. They gotta be careful with Juventus. It's a, it's tough to play at 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 Juventus in Turin, and it's also tough to play at at Benfica. Mm-hmm. And if Benfica can get a win at home against them, and this may complicate some things. I think this is the other group of death. I still think PSG is the, the favorite, but they're gonna squeak by either Juventus or, or Benfica. They're gonna they're gonna give them a fight in the in, in 
those early rounds. I'm going to go with Juve as an upset. That's the one. I think they. Well, if, if they get, if they can get Pulisic, I think that I think well, that'll help them out because he can go, you know, go with uh, with Di Maria. I think that'll be a one a good one two punch for them. Uh, for the for you know, they're establishing there. I think I think Pulisic could probably blossom their playing at Juventus. So that's the Champions League. Uh, sorry, I forgot to put that on the rundown uh, for that here. It was something I meant to do and then forgot about it here. Uh, so that that's uh, Rafa's European uh, uh, time here uh, for that here. But uh, we didn't discuss uh, too much Real Madrid and, and talked about Celtic a, a lot more. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, final thoughts, uh, just in general. Uh, we'll start with you, Robert, uh, since you're leaning back and, and ready to call it a night. I just the big thing is like everyone be safe enjoy your family like you know keep things in perspective <coughs> enjoy enjoy life and enjoy soccer and uh and support local everybody support local that's what it's about yes and the alamo soccer club uh, the former sa uh, san antonio surf uh advanced with a buy through the u.s open cup qualifying for 2023 so i believe in september they'll have a they'll play a, a second round uh match there so i uh, wish them good luck i know it's kind of weird to say hey we you know good luck in the 2023 u.s open cup qualifying but it is uh already underway or soon to be underway rafa your final thoughts uh, up in round rock uh, land of austin fc <laughs> just uh, a couple final thoughts. Uh, well, for this weekend, I'll, I'll be in Doria this weekend. So to congratulate my youngest brother, well, my younger brother, Jose Alonso, he's getting married. Congratulations to him. Um, so well, I'll be there for the wedding. And also there, there was something happened also in my hometown. Uh, there's a couple of people that I, uh, that I want, one, especially particularly when I went to high school with, you know, there was some situations about, uh, some some drug overdoses and stuff, and you know if you're at, if you're struggling with like this is a message if you're struggling with uh, with addiction and so forth, you know yeah. seek out help. There's plenty of help out there that can get you off. Uh, you know beat those uh, you know those demons and so forth that get you off of that addiction. Whatever drugs you're, you know that maybe happen in your life, you know you just know that you have support on you know support there. So take advantage of it. So you know head out there and hopefully you can say you can beat that addiction. So my final thought. Um... And I'm going to kind of echo what Danielle just said here. Um, I don't know if you saw this. DC, you know, for the NWSL uh, championship game, uh, that, that's going to be uh, in at Audi Field uh, for that here. So it's not the Washington Spirit season ticket holders that get the first opportunity to bid on it. It is the DC United season ticket holders. And I think uh, Danielle, uh, you know, because I said I'd love to hear the thoughts of the, of the two best, you know, you know, women supporters, uh, women soccer supporters on this. Uh, Danielle and Liz, uh, you know, who, who uh, works with uh, Cal Storm and protagonist soccer. Um, Danielle mentioned here because we know women and men don't have equality. Uh, it's the easy answer. Uh, this is something that uh, I hope NWSL kind of reviews uh, because. If you're not giving your own season ticket members first priority, it would be like hosting a match here in San Antonio and giving Austin FC uh, the first uh, 
first uh, seats over uh, San Antonio FC fans, as an example. To me, that's not right. If if DC United fans wanted to get first priority, they should have been season ticket holders of the Washington Spirit as well. So uh, to me, I, uh, Daniel, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And NWSL, you make a lot of mistakes. I'm just telling you this is, uh, come on, it, you know, if the first people that should be able to get the rights to the championship game should be season ticket holders, not only of Washington spirit, but of anybody that's, you know, that supports, you know, NWSL um, in general, they should have an opportunity to get it. And then MLS and then, you know, you know, open to the public, in my opinion, uh, reward the, reward the people that support you. Um, and especially for women's soccer. Yeah. You know, I know MLS and I know DC United owns Audi Field. I understand the, those dynamics, but it's it's not a good look. It's another black eye for a league that doesn't need another black eye uh, for it. And this is self-inflicted here. So um, hopefully uh, NWSL will kind of review it. I know they've had a couple of rough uh, issues last year. They had to move the game. Uh, it was, you know, super early due to TV. Then they adjusted it, um, you know, but uh, NWSL, you know, like I said, I know USL, you know, Super League is coming. And and for me personally, I'd love to see it successful. You know, I'd love to see a team in San Antonio. But, you know, I'm mad I'm not holding my breath because um, as of yet, uh, Spurs Spur Sports and Entertainment has not uh, had issues. Also, my other one here, and this goes out to uh, San Antonio SE uh, Security. Um, from my understanding and, and, you know, and speaking with Mike Check that they have addressed the uh, flag issue to where if you have a flag and you're standing up, assuming it's not on a pole or, you know, tied to anything, it should not be an issue. Hopefully, you know, we can nip that in the butt um, and uh, everybody can be trained on that going forward. So that way um, three of the longest term season ticket members that you have uh, aren't um, having their match interrupted by security saying, Hey, you can't do something that you've been doing, you know, all year. And, you know, I know myself, the checks, and I think Rafa has been season ticket members since uh, day one. So um, hopefully that gets resolved uh, for next week when we come back to Toyota field for four matches. Um, but like I said, thank you for everybody tuning in. Uh, Darius, uh, thank you for the comments. Uh, Matt, thank you for the comments, even though, I still don't understand why you want to buy a Mexico jersey, but, you know, hey, you know, everybody's got their weakness. Uh, and uh, what's life without goals? Uh, we're out of here, and we made the 90 minutes. Thank you, Champions League.